Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Well, good morning and welcome to Still Growing in Grace. I'm glad you're taking time to join us today. Uh, today, we have part two of a pretty neat conversation. Last week, we, um, uh, Richard Murray and I were chatting about the topic of judging. Uh, what's it look like to judge? And should we judge? And how do we judge? Uh, what's with the topic anyway? Well, we did our first uh, interview and uh, then Richard contacted me back and said, ah, you know what, I've got some other stuff that kind of hit me in light of what we chatted about. And so I said, well, let's let's do another interview. Let, let's just, well, or, or we're going to do an add-on actually. So this was supposed to be the add-on, but turned into a whole half hour at least. Um, and uh, to be honest, this topic has kind of sparked something even in me um uh realizing how th this topic affects believers especially in the western world so badly well i hope you're gonna enjoy this i hope that um uh whatever is continued in this discussion if you didn't watch last week's you gotta watch last week's it was good but i think this week's is even better so uh let's take time and enjoy uh, if you're watching type a hello um and i'll uh, i can respond because i'll be watching and listening with you as uh, the interview progresses so that's what's kind of fun about doing this live uh, the interview is pre-recorded but i'm here live with you and it's a lot of fun so thank you again and let's just dig right in and get into this really really important conversation here we go Alrighty, so um, this is kind of part two or an extension of what we already talked about, about judging, um, but I'm going to hijack it. <laughs> so Richard, uh, my wife and I were chatting tonight, um, and as we were walking, my, my wife revealed to me that the church has set us up to judge, um, not the scriptures. And mm -hmm. I thought, okay, what do you mean? Well, it's like when we were in, in as children those children are not christians don't play with them or as a youth group those are bad kids stay away from them they're not of the lord therefore mm. have nothing to do with them and suddenly it just went so whoa wait you're right i remember that we're supposed to date christians marry christians and which creates judging 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 all the way through us versus them don't go to those places because those are heathens do you know what i mean like I think Absolutely. We were set up. Well, I mean, it's, um, you know, it, you know, another great discussion we could have at some point would be the question of duality. Just uh, what is yes. duality yes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, how, and how does it operate, you know, especially in the area of judgment, because, uh, you know, I wrote a chapter in one of my books on, on the problems of duality and what it is. is that one the same, things, that's the same as dualism, right? Yeah, there's there's a couple of different ways to look at duality. Duality okay. can be a can be a belief system that uh, good and evil are forever entwined and are going to okay. battle for all eternity and darkness and light. And some of the you know some of the uh, other religions kind of have that view that uh, good and evil are and light and dark are eternal uh, eternally connected at the hip. 
Whereas Christianity really is not dualistic because it believes that light wins. It doesn't believe there's an eternal conflict. So a dualistic religion is one that believes that these two things are going to go on forever. Okay. Whereas uh, Christianity has more of a warfare view that says light will overcome the dark. But another kind of duality, which is really what we're talking about, is the duality where everything is put on a pole of this or that. Everything is compared. Every time you define this, you've necessarily judged the that. Okay. You know, so that if, uh, for instance, I, I saw this, uh, it really touched me, just meditating one day about when we talk how beautiful certain people, certain uh, girls are at high school. These are the beautiful girls. It, that's a scary thing. That carries with it a silent accusation that the other girls are not beautiful. Oh my goodness! And I have heard grace teachers, leaders, teacher, uh, and all those you know talk about beautiful women as an example. But what about all the the ones who don't feel so beautiful sitting in the room listening to you? Like you just exactly. created a problem, and they didn't hear it. They didn't get it. I was and I was mad, and they were mad at me for even bringing it up. It's like, wow, you. You just put into words for me. So thank you. Well, 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 and, and, and you know, so I, I, I tried for, you know, in the wake of that realization, I tried to always come at this from an angle of, of all, all women are beautiful. You know, yeah. you start off with a view that all women are beautiful and you don't distinguish uh, because the minute, the minute, and you're just trying to bless, I understand, but this is the problem with duality. The minute you say something is, you're saying something's not. Oh. And, and, and you're condemning, even though you're trying to pray some, you're actually condemning others. Okay, but quit so walking the bull because it's, it's too <laughs> simple not to have to think about that and just be, right? <laughs> uh, well, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. When my boys and I played football out the yard, we always uh, – I didn't want there to be a winner and a loser. So the, game, the purpose of the game was that we tied. We tried to, and, and, and as I was the quarterback, I would always manipulate it so that we would end up as a tie. Well, you got the uh, control. But I gave you a perfect example. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting and I'm watching a, a, a soccer game one time, and I'm watching the kids out on the field playing soccer. These are like eight or nine year olds. They are so intense. They are miserable. Some of them are crying. They look scared. The second stringers are over on the sideline playing soccer up against the fence while the first team is out there and they're having a blast. They're laughing. They're not keeping score. They're just, you know, they're, they're kicking, they're playing. And I'm just saying, man, it, we, we take this because that gets back to the duality of winning or losing. I I'm a winner because I don't want to be a loser, you know? So, I mean, it, it goes on and on. There's a judgment in the way that we think dualistically. And that's the type of duality not the theological duality no. we started off talking about, but this duality is dangerous because it bites us and it gets us into polarized thinking. And whenever there's polarized thinking, there's going to be judgment and there's, there's going to be condemnation. And really, uh, you know, the thing that I had sort of heard after we talked the other day that I wanted to just maybe touch on briefly was just this concept that uh, the difference between divine judgment and human judgment that human judgment, because it is dualistic, will always have an element of condemnation to it. Mm -hmm. It'll always be condemning somebody. And we know from common experience, especially the way religious judgments operate, you know, that somebody's being condemned. They're, they're being, somebody is being condemned. And Satan, you know, whatever you think Satan is, whether you think he's real or whether he's not, whatever, you know, whether he's an angel or whatever, but there is no doubt that what he operates in is condemnation. He condemns night and day. Timothy talks about not falling into the 
into the condemnation of the devil. He operates in condemnation. Everything is about condemnation with him. And it, it is a cancer. And human judgment will always have that element of condemnation, whereas divine judgment will always have curative. Well, it will always be curative. It's looking to comfort, console, and cure. And that's, that's an entirely different thing because human judgment, I'm not saying that sometimes when we're at our best, human judgment does that. I mean, I don't want to say every human judgment condemns, but it routinely condemns mm -hmm. and especially religious human judgment, you know, that, <laughs> that, and uh, it's built on a dualistic mindset, you know? So, I mean, it all fits in together. And whereas the ones who get complimented are the righteous ones and the ones who get run thrown under the bus, are the ones that they condemn as being unrighteous. But, you know, I was thinking about the, the woman caught in adultery about how, uh, you know, she, she, she's caught in the thing and Jesus goes out of his way. Again, we said this the other day, but to say, I don't condemn you. That doesn't mean he's approving of the sin, but he doesn't condemn her. What mm -hmm. were the religious people upset of the day? They were ready to condemn her to death. I mean, yeah. they had the stones in the hand. They were cocked and ready to let it fly. Well, I'm sure you Jesus know? had a bubble above his head. Says, "Okay, you got the woman here, but where's the guy?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, some people say that that's the only reason he didn't let her die. I don't buy that because mm -hmm. they, you really think if the guy had been there, he would have said, "Okay, y'all go ahead and kill him." No, I mean that's not the point of that story. It's that and and listen, if he didn't condemn that adulteress. He's not going to say he owes every other adulteress who has been condemned by religion and apology, yeah. you know, because he didn't condemn that one. So we can assume that that's a universal, that's a universal thing. So condemn, condemnation would be like the, the fuel for the system of religion. Really? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 and a tool of the devil. Why do you yeah. think Jesus lambasted the Same thing? Yes, because they be, he lambasted the Pharisees because they operated in condemnation. Yep. Everything he did was, was, was the even though it was well-intentioned. I mean, I'm not saying these guys, you know, aren't on some level trying to do what they think is best, but they're using condemnation um, and, and substituting it with judgment. Whereas if we really study, and again, I did confirm that the word for judgment, crisis, I confirmed that after we talked, the yep. word for crisis is a word. It refer, it's a medical term uh, in the Greek that refers to the turning point in a disease when a disease starts to get better. You know, I, I was praying one time to the Lord about something and, and um, I, he really quickened something to my heart that, and I never heard this from, from him before. I never heard anything like this, but I was wondering whether I should do this particular thing. And, you know, is this faithless what I'm doing because I'm trying to feel better about something physically. <laughs> and he just said, I want you to feel better. He said, what father doesn't want his children to feel better? And, and that just kind of opened the door for me that he wants all of us to feel better. He knows we're hurting. He knows we're struggling. We know he knows we're full of angst and dread and insecurity and condemnation, you know, and I, and I, and I want to say this in, in all the times over the last, and I've had a lot to be condemned about in my life, you know, by, by that satanic spirit. Okay. Uh, but if, if I were to be honest with you, the times that I have felt condemned, I can never look at, I could, I could not tell you now that I ever felt it was God condemning me. You know, I have a sense of when I feel the Lord's presence and his goodness and his pressure and his love, I've never felt, I can't say that the condemnation that I, that, that I've struggled with ever, that I ever believe it came from him. It just didn't feel like it. It didn't no. feel like it came, it came from others or it came from the religious system or it came from me. A lot of it came from me condemning myself. 
you know, but I can't ever say I have never felt the Lord condemn me in anything. And that's, but, a, that's a big, that's a big that, thing, but I really believe. I do. I agree with you. And we briefly touched on it last time too, but the idea of convict, like somebody can hear you say condemns. Yeah, but he convicted you. So, yeah. you know, the word convict also has no connotation of condemnation. Like they're trying to find a way to still keep that condemnation there. And it's not there. It doesn't exist because the conviction is the convincing. So the Holy Spirit doesn't convince us of our sin. He convinces us of our righteousness so that that is all we see. And then everything else is like, whoa, yeah. wait a minute. That isn't who yeah. I am. Right? Yes. It's a very yeah. different perspective. Yes. And the convincing has the aspect of a non-coercive God mm-hmm. who just woos us and wins us. He woos us, he woos us, he woos us, he woos us to believe better, to think better, to think higher, to believe higher. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to, to uh, and even though he knows we're feeling condemned, he knows that religion is condemning us at the same time we're trying to be blessed by him. All this is going on at the same time. But I think as we mature, you know, it's like an evolution. You know, evolution is built on the, on the concept of differentiation, that as things go on, differentiation occurs. Maturity comes from differentiation. Well, I think as we walk in the spirit, we begin to differentiate divine judgment from human judgment, you know, from from uh, consoling and comfort and consolation. It's just like the thing about prophecy, you know, New Testament prophecy is about comfort, consolation and exhortation. That's not what Old Testament not, not prophecy prediction? was about. It was, yeah, it was, it was about condemnation, crushing, uh, cursing. That's what it was Fear. about. But it's the same thing. Yeah, the whole thing between the old and the new is for us to mature and differentiate several things. We're to differentiate Satan from God, because mm. in the Old Testament, they thought Satan was God left, uh, God's left hand, his angry voice. In the New Testament, Jesus said, he ain't my father's voice <laughs> in any regard. Yeah. And for us to you know, differentiate judgment from condemnation, I mean, to, you know, grace from law. I, I mean, every the, the New Testament maturity that we're called to, you know, the thing we you, first thing we had was on maturity. The mm-hmm. sons thing, sons to the fathers. It's differentiation. That's when any organism that develops learns to dif- It becomes differentiated. It learns to tell the difference between things. And um, I think that's what deconstruction and all this is really doing is teaching us to tell the difference between things. We need to know the difference between so when folks who call themselves believers and think they're actually mature, therefore they see someone who is doing something they judge as not very Christian or moral or whatever, they think it's either immoral or they have perceived insight that they have no, no idea about. What would you suggest you'd say to a person that is beginning to have that religious judgment for whatever, whether it's seeing someone dressed the wrong way or uh, whatever, how would you respond to that? Because that happens all the time yeah i think um that's a great question i think that i would really um i've got a chapter uh in one of my books maybe i can shoot you a link later on it on this thing about duality it really gets into it it's a primer on duality okay it's in my book the jesus mood and it just talks about the practical things i i think one thing would be to try to teach a non-dualistic version of christianity uh, you know, to where, uh, you know, to where we're, we're into polarized or binary. Some people call it binary thinking where something is either this, I, I put the five things in there. It, it, duality can be this or that, this versus that, this and that, this from that. So it's kind of, we really ought to do a session one down because it's, it, you know, it's really good. Let's, I've got a note examples. Written. And we check, yeah, we just check our thoughts 
we have to police our thoughts. Everything that rises up against the knowledge of Christ, we need to take captive, Paul said. And this duality thing really rises up a lot. And anytime, we, uh, if we'll start policing our thoughts and not letting ourselves go to places of judgment, and the second that we start saying something, you know, this is something that we can learn through examples, like what I shared earlier. Once you see some examples about how, you know, how you're excluding one, when you, when you compliment one, you're excluding the other, there are ways you can compliment without excluding. All right, but it takes a little bit of training, a little bit of thoughtfulness, a little bit of, you know, bending over backwards. When you compliment one person, then you need to have a conscious compliment for the rest as well. You know, I, if you're going to say this group is beautiful, right, you're going to say. Exactly. I wish that, because there, there's some natural encouragers out there. They're always finding a way to speak light into people. And some people are so good at it. It's like, I want to be more like that because that's inspiration. That's life and love giving. Um, and, and sometimes I, I see the negative. It's like, ah, oh, that jerk, that jerk. And, you know, we have these, because life is, life is not simple. But yeah, see individuals yeah. with that gift of continually saying the good things, speaking the encouragement, seeing somebody down. And, and who was it? Somebody said, uh, oh, yes, a friend of mine. Her name's Sharon. Um, she was uh, helping with some vaccine stuff. And somebody was upset because she was in line helping direct people to where they're going to get their vaccines. And um, um, when she told me this, I thought, this is that's that's the gift. And it was Jesus being the gift to her. She didn't come up with it on her own. It just happened. And so she saw this lady upset. And she said, you've got a beautiful smile. And apparently from what I remember from her telling me, the lady said, what do you mean? You can't see my face. Yeah, but your eyes smile. And suddenly you could see the smile. And then she said yeah. it back and it changed that woman's direction of the day just by one yes. positive comment. And that is who we really are. Yes. It just, it just blew it, she yes. judged that woman. She could have said, oh, what a crappy lady bad mood you shouldn't be here and give her an equally hard time right but that's not jesus well and and you know really when you think about it what we're, do, what we're doing is it's fine to compliment beauty and to appreciate beauty but it's it's much better to to recognize varied beauty the the different types of beauty yep. you know the the ones that may have tattoos the ones that may have this one, you know, that we don't judge. Part of this is we're so busy judging. And the second we judge, I'm convinced, the second we human judge it, we grieve the Holy Spirit. And, and the Spirit really isn't operating. We've, we've handlocked the Spirit out of the situation because our, our stinking thinking has taken over. That, you know, good, uh, tree of good and evil has taken over. And we're trapped yeah. in, in binary thinking. And we can't take our way out of it. I've used a, an example before. You know what those uh, bolos are? You know what Spanish bolos are? They're the two, the two metal balls that are tied on a leather strap. And you see these guys twirl them above their heads and they throw them as a weapon. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and then they conk you. And then they conk you, the heavy parts of it. That's what duality is. We, oh, we, we twirl these things, these two things twirl around and they eventually conk us in the head. Whereas we have to get off that scale of this or that. We need to yeah. transcend this or that. So that everybody's, you know, Ray Stevens, I don't know if you remember the old Ray Stevens song, everything is beautiful in its own way. Yes, everything yeah. is beautiful. Exactly, in its own way. And that's the, that's the attitude. I think if we truly get into that attitude, it will keep us from judging. It will restrain us. I'm not saying yeah. we won't slip into it, but uh, we need to, you know, uh, and that'll help us adjust not to brag so much over the externally beautiful ones, but to brag over all of them. 
you know it it goes further than that like this this woman i was talking about like i'm inspired to try and remember that more often so when i see somebody that's visibly upset sometimes my reaction is because i'm i'm on a rush right i i I don't have time for emotionally engaging with some people because my world is running a certain direction well jesus may be stepping into that path going i have another direction and somebody who really needs a moment of love and you're actually good at it so can you just give a moment here you know like this is the christian life <laughs> yeah yeah and and what you know one way what he did to the woman caught in adultery is that not what he did to her yes I mean, he just loved her he loved her and protected her and then he doesn't want her to sin anymore but he didn't even name the sin he just says i just want you to know under you know generally i don't don't go forth in sin look look at the life you know that's here for you you know he, he didn't even get sin specific you know yeah. i mean yep. it, it, it's just amazing yeah, there's, um, a lot of, there's a lot of sin conscious believers out there when the issue has been dealt with why are you so conscious about it yes yes and so uh you know i i think that uh if we just remember that that god judges us to cure us all right. Mm-hmm. And human judgment all too often judges to crush. It doesn't judge to cure. It judges yeah. to condemn and crush. And, and the Lord judges to console uh, and to heal and cure, to console and to cure. So, uh, you know, if we're not speaking cu- uh, curative energy into a situation, we're not judging it, not the way the Lord judges it. Uh, <coughs> we replace it with condemnation and accusation. So, and people, I mean, the more legalistic a person is, you know this, the more legalistic they are, the more they condemn and the more they accuse. So if we're accusing, that's the, de- that's the adversary. That's what the devil does. So, do you remember last time? There's, there's one more. This is not just the legalist. There's the grace list. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Both. Yes. Yes. All right. Just because you think you know stuff about grace, you know nothing until it looks like agape. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's why if you can't go too wrong by going back to first Corinthians, you know, love believes all things, hopes, all things, endures, all things, never fails, doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. I mean, that's kind of a good plumb line to kind of, you know, every Keeps day. no record of wrongs. <laughs> you read that passage and then follow it up with Matthew five thirty-eight through 48 about turning the other cheek and praying for your enemy. You do those two passages. And you'll be pretty, your mind will be set for the day. <laughs> just, before, just before we started tonight, I looked up on a, a quick search of what does the Bible say about judging? And mm. the first five or six right away start with do not judge, do not judge, do not judge, do not judge. But then there's a, <laughs> there's a couple others that say, um, uh, but you will judge angels, you know, you will judge this and that. I thought, okay, that sounds like it can really get confusing. Can you remind, do you remember the, the definition of judge again? Does it always mean that same thing as curative or could there be another word? Like you may not know it off the top of your head because I haven't done a quick search either, but I just found it interesting that when you begin searching for judging, what does the Bible say? It says, don't, 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 all the way down the list. So yeah. And then, yeah, talk well, about the judge, to... then it talks about the judgment seat of God. I definitely don't want to forget talking about that for a moment because those who cannot hear what we've talked about so far are thinking about this judgment seat of God. And we have to address yeah. that too. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, in, in the first place, you know, Jesus uh, said in a couple of different places, he said, um, I, I, I come not to judge, but to save. And then another yeah. place he says, my father uh, judges no man. 
you know, but commits all judgment to the son. But then he just said a few chapters earlier in John, I, I judge no man. I, I didn't come to judge. I came to save. Again, that's all evidence of this curative thing. So that even in the afterlife, the judgment seat of Christ is when he judges the false masks off of us. It would be when he takes us on our walkabout, you know, to our Scrooge-like journey where we see where we've done wrong and the right. sins that we've operated and the wrong lovelessness. The only sin is lovelessness, really, when you think about it. It's one form of, you know, every sin is some form of lovelessness. I, in fact, and, on Sunday, I, I was talking about uh, don't get caught with the disease of lack of agape syndrome. <laughs> yes, that's it. And so everything flows from that. So he, he, he goes back and he shows us, but he judges us again. It's to cure us. You know, even in 1 Corinthians 3, which is talking about postmortem judgment, it says that, uh, that the man who hasn't built his, his life on Christ, the person will, will suffer loss, but they themselves shall be saved, yet as by fire. But they shall suffer loss. Well, the loss is the wood, hay, and stubble, you know, in that passage. The wood, hay, and stubble that's burnt off, the insincere us, the lying us, the deceptive us. And those things will be burned off. And it'll be a part and all that. Repeat but that. Be, be, repeat that. Because that cures we lost you there. So just repeat what you just said what they, about what they lost. Oh. The connection is on uh, and off. Sorry. They, they, Okay, I'm sorry. The wood, hay, and stubble. That passage talks about wood, hay, and stubble. Uh, that if you build on, on, you know, gold and silver and bronze, then you go through the fire with all that you have. But if, if you built your life on wood, hay, and stubble, things other than Christ, those things are burnt off of you and you suffer loss. But you yourself will be saved yet as by fire. So that sounds like a speaking, threat. Yeah. Well, I, I, and I think it's a, yeah, it's a promise. <laughs> it's a promise that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it right. And I'm going to I'm going to bring you through the fire and purge the things off of you that have debilitated you, that have defiled you, that have distorted you. I'm going to clean you up. Mm -hmm. All right. And I'm going to you're going to cooperate because I have more elbow room now in the afterlife. You know, we're going to go on a cosmic walkabout. And I'm going to who knows what he's going to show us, yeah. who knows what that journey is going to be. But I think he's going to take each one of us on a walkabout just to spiff us up, you know, to, to put us back into a place of primitive health you know, and connectedness with him. And um, so that, that judgment is something to embrace. It's something to look forward to. So it's, it's not, not something. Yeah, it's not punitive. It's curative. Yes, exactly. That's okay. it in a nutshell. That's it in a nutshell. And, okay. and uh, some people, you know, some of these legalists will talk themselves into thinking, well, I got to beat the hell out of you with my accusations and maybe you'll, then you'll be cured. And that's not how it works. <laughs> you can get a lot more, you can get a lot more work done in some, on somebody when you love them and you listen to them and you understand their situation before you even think about judging it. You're there to hear and you're there to listen and you're there to comfort. So we, and, have, a, we have a huge issue in Canada. You've heard about it by now, I maybe, uh, with the indigenous people, yes. uh, the whole mass graves that have been found. Um, it made me think of churchianity, missionary work that we've done for years. Um, right now, we're seeing how the Catholic Church is getting beat up for how their nuns, you know, were so harsh, and they wanted to get Christ into all these uh, indigenous children and tell them to stop their false gods, right? Thinking that at least we'll save their soul. That's their mindset. At least we'll save the soul. It may hurt. It may be painful, but their soul will make it to heaven. We've done that in the evangelical church even worse. So anybody wow. that's looking at the Catholic church going, wow, it's terrible. 
We have done that. All these missionary groups that have been sent out to most places, I'm sorry, most of them, it's about changing because they've seen a duality, as you've been talking about, of they're wrong, this is incorrect, they've judged that they don't know God, and yet, man, they could have learned something about God from them. It, it, this is just a sick, sick disease in the in churchianity. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, and the institutional, anytime there's institutional stuff, it's going to be dualistic. I, I can't think of an institution that doesn't eventually mutate in, into dualistic thinking. Yeah. And I'm not saying that individual believers can't transcend it and maybe avoid it and surf it, and dodge it, you know, and all that to a degree. But it's institutional anything. Um, so that's why, really, I think Christianity is not supposed to be institutional because it's an, it's an organic thing. It's an but, abiding uh, thing. That's why he used. That's why he used yeah. the whole idea of fruit in a plant because it's organic. Yeah, and I wanted to get back to one thing you said about judging angels. I think that deal has to do that we're called to bring angels into alignment. You know that what whatever angels are, there's some wide, very you know thing on what they are. They believe Walter Wink in his book Engaging the Powers is a trilogy. Wrote he talks about. He believes that angels are basically, uh, or one part role of angels is that they inhabit institutional life. Wow. They inhabit governments, they inhabit uh, school <laughs> systems, they inhabit, these are the broader aspects of what controls the Dominions things that and control our society. And yes, yes, exactly. And that we, as believers, we have the ability to, and I'm not talking about government intervention, I'm talking about prayer and talking about just faith. That, that we have the power to uh, uh, to bring these angelic powers back into alignment, that they're either they're either rebellious or they're not doing their job. Sort of like, that, sort of like the computer programs in the Matrix movie. It's not that they're goofed up, but they're supposed to be. Every time you see something goofed up, there's a program not following it. So, <laughs> you know, the, the thought, and, and those things in the Matrix are called angels. You know, wow. Seraph, uh, I mean, the programs are very compared to angels. So... I think that um, I know that's getting a little speculative, but but just just the idea that uh, that we judge them by curing them. You know, if judgment is cure, then we cure the fallen powers. They're fallen. That means they need to be cured of their fallenness. So would you, you know? then? So, uh, could, could so again, can, I think. That, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Does it not then mean we also need to be cured in our mind first? so that we live out what we believe? Because if we're believing something different and living that out, we need a cure, right? If we're believing yes. the faulty yeah, I, system. I, yeah, and, and I think the first thing we can do to, to cure that is not to judge. Hmm. Now, listen, I, I'm not saying to judge rightly. I'm saying not to judge at all. We don't, we don't have to judge anything. We don't have to judge things we don't have to judge people there's something in us that thinks we have to and the second we 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 just say i don't have to judge that i don't have to judge this person i don't have to judge how they're dressed that that's non-judgment and, and 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 you know i could conceive when we're hitting on all cylinders we could judge them in a good way we could actually bless them you know you know find theirs but let's start off with not judging them at all to begin with let's start off there and then we can go to the righteous judgment you know, which is where we walk around blessing, you know, blessing everybody, you know, being a blessing to the world, from the world, through the world, for the world. But that you know, almost but sounds I, effortless. Yeah, I, that's what it, yeah, that's what it ultimately should be. But in the first, I think we got to police our, in the beginning, we have to just train ourselves not to think. And, okay. and that, go ahead. 
that training, what you just saying, it shows us like what, what you mentioned just earlier, there are stages of growth and yes. we do need time to practice that. And sometimes we need each other for that. We need groups yes. of people. We don't, some people say, well, then we don't need the church. Ha ha ha. Well, the church is you and me. It's two people. It's four people. It may not need, you may not need the institutional church. But you need others to help you navigate. And you might need people for the rest of your life. I need friends. I need Christian friends that can also challenge me and my thinking. They're not like I trust that they're not misjudging me. This is the safety of, of trust. Yes. So when, we, when we begin these conversations, it's from the place of trust. I have too many believers say, well, I'm standing up for God and calling out that person for what they're doing wrong. Well, how about you just shut up? You got yes. no right to do that because yes. if you don't know that person, you got no right to go engage and judge them. It's none of our freaking business. Bingo. You know, I will tell you this with, with the lesbian engaged, you know, coming out of an evangelical thing, I knew that this whole thing wasn't being handled right. And I didn't know what I was supposed to do. So the first thing I did was stop judging them at all. Okay. I just stopped. You probably started you know loving them then. <laughs> and then you know what happened two or three years later? I began to see wonderful, loving things wow. because I wasn't judging them. I now was able to judge them, you know? And so, but I was too busy worried about judging. Should I judge them? Should I not judge them? You know, what is this? I, you know, I want to be righteous and all this. And in my younger day. And finally, I just realized, look, I don't, I don't feel the Lord's pleasure in any of this that I'm doing right now. And that's the first time I actually grasped the idea of I'm not judging them at all. All right. Oh. First, it's not my business. Second, I don't know the thoughts and motivations of their heart. I'm not even sure about the. I said, why is it any different than heterosexual stuff going on? I mean, what's the difference? There's faithless relationships left and right. Why are we picking on them? Exactly. You know? It's and, worse, I think. But <laughs> and, and, and how do we know? How do we know that that their faithfulness and their love for each other? I mean, who are we to even even approach the subject? But once I stopped judging it, I, I then started becoming a supporter, you know, and of, of them, you know, individually and an appreciator of them. You probably have uh, more, more bandwidth in your mind to love. Yes. Perfect. That is, that, that's perfect. We got to clear, we got, we got to clear the junk out of here and judging keeps us. I mean, not judging, condemning keeps us from judging, <laughs> you know, let me, let me, throw, I, I had another idea, another thought come up because um, there are folks that love communion. And there, there, there are uh, certain denominations, and I'm friends with some good people, um, and they're afraid of that verse that talks about you need to judge yourself before you go take communion. What would you say to somebody like that? Because I've, I've dealt with that so many times. It's like you're misreading that completely. How would, how would you respond? I know it's, I didn't ask you in advance about that one. That's, but well, I know there are people of good, good faith. They're grace people, but they still have this little slot about that. Well, I would say that if we buy the premise that judging is curing, then we judge ourselves means we cure ourselves, that we're merciful with ourselves, that we're tender with ourselves, that we look, we try to hear God, uh, God's view of who we are. And that that's part of communion and we partake of it. I mean, wouldn't that fit together? Totally. I mean, you're receiving healing because you're receiving the divine nature into you and acknowledging it and you're curing yourself. And I know it's read, well, you have to judge yourself. Well, of course you should always check your own eyes. And I mean, because hypocrisy yep. is always a half step away, but it's more than just hypocrisy. I think it has to do again with, with curing ourselves. Yeah. Cause there's a subconscious attached that, to it. Yeah. And part of that would be, 
dealing with your eye and saying, well, hey, I'm doing the same thing. I'm no better than this. <laughs> and that may be painful in the moment, but it does lead you to the fruits of righteousness, you know, to shut your judging, shut your, your judging hole, <laughs> shut your pie hole, shut, <laughs> shut your condemnation hole. Because judging is good. Yep. If I'm going to say that we need to define it differently, then I need to start using it in a good way because the Bingo. reason... Yeah, condemners use it in a bad way, and we've let them take the term, and they've driven off the cliff with it, you know. Uh, But maybe if we start using it and just teach and teach and teach that the Lord's judgments are curative, restorative, Mm. rehabilitative. If those elements aren't working, then the judgment that appears to be there is not from God. I think that changes everything with our lens on Scripture, including end times, the doctrine of hell, all of it. It's Man. all, they're all connected to this thing called judging or whatever, if you want to say that, but it, they're all interlinked. And when that gets exploded and there's nothing left, you suddenly have room to be agape, to be yes. other centered love. Amen. That's perfect. Totally agree. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks for taking the extra extension. I just looked at the clock and this is, this is probably going to be a two episode or <laughs> it was worth- it's going Fresh stuff. Half of what we talked about, I, I'd never even thought of before. So this was yeah, great. Too much fun. And uh, we'll get your links as well. Uh, I'll make sure that's ready because uh, for the actual airing. So we'll, we'll put all the links below that everybody can see. So, all right. Thanks everyone for joining us. Um, uh, look forward to the next conversations because it looks like we have a small menu starting to grow. <laughs> It'd be a lot of fun. Oh my, good morning again. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was phenomenal. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. A quick hello to uh, Sandra in the UK. Great to see you there. And uh, I'm pretty sure I saw somebody watching down near Windsor. So, hey, if you're if you're there, just do a quick hello. Um, I want to share some quick uh, summary of um, what we just heard. And I want to, oh, I can't do it. Oh, no. I, f- I forgot that I'm not in Zoom. I'm using OBS. Ah, fine. Um, darn. I was going to show something really cool, and I don't have it prepared now. Um, so uh, I'm, I will post some memes after um, uh, we're done here. But just for fun, uh, the first picture I was going to share just out of having fun is called Many People Are Too Judgmental. I can tell just by looking at them. <laughs> Listen, this topic is bigger than you think, and what's most difficult is how it can humble and will and should humble us to realize how much we do judge. Um, I thought today's was really powerful just to, first of all, to discover and be reminded where a lot of our judging comes from that does come from, if you're in the Christian world, the Christian roots that we grew up with, there was an entitlement, there was an elitism, there was an exclusivism that was built into us in the church because everyone else is going to hell except us um how many churches in in north america or around the world um believe that you know that they're just a bit better nobody else has got it quite right but they've got it right um i've thought that in at times where i thought we've got the grace message right and the other churches don't oh my goodness i have had to give that horse up fast because there's way too much learning to do here. And when we're judging, we don't have room for the voice of God. I like how Richard said that, that the moment we begin judging, we shut out the communication from the Holy Spirit uh, to our minds. And that that's powerful. And yet, 
when we're judging, we think we're operating in the Holy Spirit. I can't believe how deceptive that is. Um, here's another one. And I'll, again, I'll post all these. Stop trying to be the judge of another person's soul because you're not good at it. Number two, the position's taken. <laughs> it's not it's not our job to judge uh this other one i can't share with you because it's got too much stuff on it this other one says the ego creates a full-time job of managing the perceptions of others the soul is at peace with being misunderstood Ooh, that one's good that one's really good all right this last one i wrote this down and just prepared it um as richard was sharing god judges to console and cure the world judges to condemn and accuse. God's judgment is not punitive, but rather curative. Hoo-wee! That was really cool. Amazing. So, yeah, uh, listen, there's, there's much to learn about judging. It's not our job. And I think we're distracted from the grace of accepting and loving everyone the moment we judge someone's motives, <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. Just think about it for a moment. How many times have you judged someone's motives? It's like, I know what you're thinking. And we do that. The worst place we do this is in our families. Absolutely. Because if there's been a pattern in one of our family members' lives, we think that pattern's just going to continue. So the next time something comes up, so I know exactly what you think. And off we go. We just judge them. Uh, listen, the, that's not how it works. That gives no room for grace and for change. Don't we want everybody to continue to grow and mature? Don't, that, don't do that to your spouse. Don't do that to your, your kids. Um, don't do it to your employees, your employers. The, uh, this is such a big topic. Anyway, this is just scratching the surface. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, I am going to run. You guys have a fantastic day. If you like this, share it. If you did not watch part one, please go back and watch part one. We are on, um, on YouTube. Everything's saved there in a Still Growing in Grace uh, playlist. Uh, the links are below, and I'll try and update the uh, title of the book that Richard was talking about. But I do want to talk about duality with him sometime. Um, next time, uh, we're going to finish up our series on hell. Um, yeah, I've been meaning to do that, but, uh, all three of us were not allowed to, or able to get together to, to record something. So this, this week we're going to, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I have some other people up my sleeve that I like to chat with and talk about different topics. And I want to keep the conversations going with Richard and Bill, uh, seem to get along with them really well. I like them. We, we, we uh, have great conversations that seem to flow naturally. Um, and I'm the one who benefits the most. I really do. Just to hear uh, great-minded thinkers and uh, amazing hearts uh, share. So thank you, Richard, Murray, and Bill Thrasher, uh, for your contribution. Just, just being connected here with uh, Still Growing Grace Canada. Um, and that's it for now. You guys have a fantastic week. And uh, we'll catch you next Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. Uh, share and like and subscribe. See you all later. 
Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.